But so what you've got to do is not follow the cookie cutter. You've got to be true. And I said this a minute ago, I cannot say this enough. You've got to be true to what fits with you. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 275. And today, let's learn how to bankroll your brilliance. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hi there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, authority brand amplifier, Melanie Benson, and I'm ecstatic to bring you today's guest. She has so much energy and so much insight, and you are going to love her. And this whole idea of bankrolling your brilliance is so my jam. It's one of the things that I believe when you work a seven-step formula, the same formula, the same framework that I have been using for 20 years now, This is how you go from best kept secret to highly paid authority in your field. This is how you command higher prices. You get the great deals. You get the opportunities to speak and get on stage and you become the go-to authority in your field. So this is a brilliant episode. You are going to love it. Take good notes before you dig in. Make sure that you've got a copy of my seven step framework to get on hot stages, attract great leads, and close five-figure clients. It is a powerful framework, and you want to make sure you head over now to amplifywithmelanie.com and get your copy. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, amplifiers. I am so excited about today's guest, and we're talking about how to bankroll your brilliance love this so much. Let me introduce you to our guest today, Nicole Roberts-Jones. She is uniquely gifted at one thing, trying out what's best in you and helping you take your brilliance to the bank. A veteran of the entertainment industry, Nicole worked in talent management and casting before shifting her talents to help others bankroll their billions through her Brilliance Mastery Academy. She's the host of the Faith, Purpose, and Profit podcast, and now works with entrepreneurs to create multiple streams of income from what they already know in order to build an empire from their expertise. Some of her clients, this is a great list, some of her clients include the Steve Harvey World Group, Dell EMC, McDonald's, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Lisa Nichols, and Motivating the Masses, Coach Diversity Institute, and the Boss Network. All love those businesses. So Nicole is a nationally recognized international speaker, bankroll your brilliance expert, and best-selling author of four books, the most recent being Find Your Fierce. Nicole, welcome to Amplify Your Success. I have a feeling we have a lot to amplify here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. I couldn't wait for this interview. So yeah. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Well, let's do a little bit of history here before we drop into bankrolling your brilliance, because I have a feeling your story to becoming an entrepreneur plays a huge part in why you do what you do today. So how did you you get started in all of this crazy entrepreneurism? Yes. And by the way, if you would have asked me 28 years ago, yes, it was 28 years ago, would I have been an 
entrepreneur, I would have said, no, girl, you crazy. No, I no. Right. So really for me, as um, you said in my bio, I worked in the entertainment industry. It was a job I wanted ever since I was seven years old and I was doing it. So working on some pretty big shows, working in casting and producing and production and loved every minute of it. But in the dark of the night, when I was by myself, I started to feel tormented by my dream Mm -hmm. and I felt like something was missing. And I couldn't understand how can you feel like this when you love your job? And so days and confused, I went and volunteered at a program at our, at our church. One of my girlfriends said, hey, let's go work with kids this weekend. And when I started working with young women, as their eyes lit up, my heart lit up. Now I'm saying it this way because what I was doing was coaching, but this was 1993. I had never heard of a coach. So I didn't know what the heck to call this thing I was doing. But for the first time, my soul was alive. And so that's really how it started. It started in that moment in my church, trying to figure out what this thing is and really pursuing it. Hmm. Uh, that's a, that's one of those like p- defining moments. They often call mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah. For you know, sure. You're like dropping into where your genius is, is expanding, but we don't really know what to call it yet. I bet there was a moment of courage that you had to, um, like trust that this yeah. thing that was unfolding for you, there was something yeah. that you had to let go of to make space to chase. Oh this, my goodness. Yes? You know, what I've learned in my own journey is that your comfort and your conviction can never coexist. Mm -hmm. And so what I know now is my purpose was pivoting. So what I realized I do now is I worked in casting and producing. What do I do with my clients? I cast you in the right role in your business and I produce you. So really what was happening is my territory was expanding. But again, I didn't know what to call this thing. When I told my girlfriends, this is what I was doing. They were like, you're going to do what? And I felt like that. So I had to let go of perception. I had to let go of opinion. I had to just really follow this rumble inside of me. And by the way, y'all, this is before there was internet. So even to research this thing, I had to go sit hour upon hour in the library. Who does that on a weekend? Me, because I didn't know what to do with this thing I was feeling inside me. Yeah. So you're, you're my soul sister in rec- remembering what it was like to try to do your business on dial-up. <laughs> right, right, right. 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 Yes. Everything was at snail speed. So mm-hmm. I feel you. <laughs> so one of the things that I have learned about you and researching you and getting to know your work is you really focus on aligning your purpose with your brand in your business. Mm-hmm. Why do you find this such an important piece of the puzzle called entrepreneurship? So, and you called, uh, you named this in my bio and some of you guys were like, find your fears. Some explain it in this way. So okay. about 10 years ago, I was watching Beyonce and I would say I was hating on her a little bit, but I was having a full on jealous moment. Cause you need to know Melanie, if I could sing, yeah, that would be the lane <laughs> I'd be in, but I cannot sing. Okay. So with that said, I'm watching her. And then what drops in my spirit is you have fears too. I'm like, I know this isn't God talking to me while I'm watching Beyonce. What I realized is that she created this alter ego, Sasha Fierce, when her gift, it was time to grow her gift to its next level. And that's the same thing that was happening to me. So there's a four step, what I call, uh, I used to call it a fierce framework, but I had to make the men feel included. So now I call it my brilliance framework. And literally, this is really kind of what happened for me in that moment in my church that night in 1993. And then once I realized, oh, this kind of works, I tried it on some people. And now I use it as part of my strategy as coach. (laughs) So if you don't mind the four steps, and I'm sharing it because so many people don't realize that all these things are already in you. Uh, Matter of fact, in my book, I have a picture of me, I was like, do I have my book around here at four years old, three years old, actually, and I'm talking. Now, my husband tried to do a roast on my 40th birthday. Obviously, I'm older than 40, y'all. Um, and he said he and my mom got together and, and, and he was looking through my pictures and every picture I was talking. 
Well, are you surprised? Number one. Number two, I have a carriage and usually four-year-olds or three-year-olds have babies in that carriage. I didn't. And I have papers and books. I've always been this producer. <laughs> so there's things intrinsic to your DNA, your distinct natural ability. And so what happens is life happens and we forget who we are. And so in that moment in my church, I was reminded of all the stuff that was in me. It was leaping in me like a baby, like I was pregnant. And so really what I learned is four things. Number one, you've got to love. You've got to be passionate about what you do. Number two, you've got to be proficient in it because you can't love it and be horrible at it. And you can't be good at it and hate it. Matter of fact, Michelle Obama talked about this in her book, Becoming. She matriculated through being a lawyer, you know, went to Harvard, matriculated through this whole legal career and then realized that she hated it. She was good at it, but she hated it. So those two have to correlate and those two equal your purpose. And then third, it solves a problem for a group of people because it's not about you. And then eventually when you begin to package it into the way you're meant to be the solution for someone, it brings you profit. So those kind of are the four steps that I kind of learned. It took me a long time to learn those four, but that's really kind of where I help my clients kind of understand and define where they begin, depending on where they are to grow or start their businesses. I love that. And first of all, I'm so glad you brought up the Becoming book because it's one of my favorite books I read last year. So, yeah. so moving for me. Yeah. I am. And look, and by the way, look, I got an audio book and I took her with me to Dubai. This was right before COVID. And I felt like Michelle Obama was laying at the pool with me in Dubai because she talks herself. So it was fun yeah. to, li- to yeah. listen. That's what I did write. too. I, I took my dog for a walk and Michelle was walking with right, me right. and the dog. <laughs> love that. So this question's emerging for me about this idea of brilliance. And I'm wondering in your work, if you notice a lot of people have a hard time seeing their own brilliance. Oh, yes. And this was me Why? too, by the way. So, okay. you know, oftentimes I say, you cannot see the label from inside the jar. Mm-hmm. So every day you wake up, you're in the jar called you, right? So I want you guys to picture this. If I had a, a something around here to show you, I don't. But picture when you have a water bottle, right? There you go. And there's a label on the outside. If you're in the jar, you can't see the label outside. You can't see what it says on that label. And what happens is there are things that are intrinsic to our DNA that we just do automatically. And we think, oh, can everybody do that? Uh, no. And even if they can, they don't do it like you. Mm-hmm. So I think the hardest part is for us to stop and realize who we have always been and how it is valuable to people that need us. That is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree. And, and being able to put these pieces together when you have the experience you do, it's mm-hmm. so much easier to see what they can't see because they're in their blind spot, but this is what you do. Right. You know, and if I give you an example, my best friend is an image consultant and yes, she's been a client and no, I don't coach for free. Right. And she did pay me. So I'm saying that because she called me one weekend after I had worked with her, help her start her business. And she went to go to this party. Right. And so all of a sudden, this is where I'm wired. I could see all the money she can make at the party. I said, so I'll only do it if you do a style suite. She's like, what? And I said, all you've got to do is call the producer to the event, see if they'll let you do what they announce it. I'll do all the rest of the work. All you got to do is do what you do and I'll close all the sales. She was like, I'm trying to hang out at it. You know, but I can't help it. That's, I just can automatically see how your gift is an answer and how we can carve out and produce it around something that needs you. That's just who I be. But can I tell you, for years, I overlooked that for mm-hmm. years, you know, one of it was one of my accountability partners in a culture program that I was in that said, Nicole, you know, you produce people, right? So that's where I got that label from inside a jar. It was like an epiphany moment for me. And then I realized we all do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's such a great example. And, and thank you for sharing that you've 
stumbled with that yourself. And like, sometimes you need someone else to shine that light that you can't see because like we're in the jar, you know, and, and it is true. And I think a lot of people get stuck there. So we're grateful for people like you. And the other piece to that too, just to, to bring it home even further is, you know, some people, what we do is we see other people that are successful. So we say, Ooh, well, Melanie's successful. I'm gonna do it just like Melanie and your gift may be similar to mine, but who you be and who I be are two totally different people. So any day I try to be Melanie, I'm going to fail. Any day I try to be Oprah, of course, I'm going to fail. But dare I say, if Oprah tried to be me, me she'd fail too. So is, mm-hmm. we've got to be clear on how we are aligned to do specific work and how it already fits who we are. So important. Chill factor. Got the chills. <laughs> Love it. Uh, if I had a mic that I could drop, I would mic drop, but I'm not dropping the mic. So <laughs> not breaking mics around here, right? No breaking the mics. <laughs> I love you, but not that much. <laughs> right. So let's put marketing into the conversation because mm. we both know that once you understand your brilliance, we've got to find a way to help other people see it and yep, recognize yep. that value. And yep. I've heard you say something I'm super intrigued about, and that is you say that to have a successful business, you have to move past marketing. Yes. So unpack that for me, because in a sure. way that feels like you don't believe in marketing, but I have a feeling that's not exactly it. Right. So I don't believe in being Facebook famous and broke. Right. Okay. Because you could do all the stuff you see other people doing. Like, can I tell you, I'm so sick of seeing people point and dance on Instagram. <laughs> I hate it. So I'll, you'll five, never five, see five, me do five. that. You'll never see me do that. I hate it because it's not even an alignment with who I be. Now I do dance. Mm-hmm. But so what you've got to do is not follow the cookie cutter. You've got to be true. And I said this a minute ago, I cannot say this enough. You've got to be true to what fits with you. So the thing I love about Pam, who introduced us, is Pam loves a dance. So you're going to see her dance almost every day on social media. That's who she is. And yeah. that's what makes her different from other people that do, do what she does, right? So you've got to not get caught up in what I call Millie Vanilli syndrome. Okay, so hang with me in case you're gonna make me feel old and tell me you don't know who Millie Vanilli is. Uh, oh, I, I was so, I went to their concert. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> so those of you that don't know, they were out in the 90s and they came out with this song, Don't You Know It's True. I just told you I can't sing, so I'm not gonna sing the, the, the hook. But anyway, as soon as they won their Grammy for best new artist, somebody leaked that they lip synced on that track. And the reason I think we have to move past marketing is because we buy these marketing templates, we buy these scripts, and what happens is we're lip syncing on somebody else's track, which leaves out our own secret sauce. So that's why I don't believe in traditional, like that everybody has to do with the same cookie cutter way. You've got to find what fits with your gift. Well said. And, and I think your brilliance can be a clue to that. I would imagine yeah. that's where you start to help people learn how to market in a way that's um, like ex- amplifying. If we can right. Cause the word. goal of marketing is for people to see you and see yes. you as their answer. So if I'm pointing at, and I'm not saying I'm not knocking anybody that wants to do the pointing thing. That's just, so I'm just over it. Cause it's, everybody's doing it now. So it makes me not want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so Thank what you. happens is you get oversaturated in a sea of other people that are doing what you do instead of allowing you natural you to stand out. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's take this one step further. If we're not going to follow the cookie cutter, which I am with you on this. It's not recommended. What is the one way you would recommend to stand out when everybody's looking the same? There's a crowded marketplace and you know, you've got something special that you mm-hmm. needs to stand out. So it's your why, like, why are you doing what you do? And you've got to be willing to tell your story of your why, because mm-hmm. your why is like a magnet. 
So when I talk about the fact that for 17 years, and I told you guys I've been doing this for 28, right? It'll be 29 in September. Don't, don't forget how old I am. But anyway, so 17 years, I didn't make any money. Matter of fact, I made $13,000 on a good year for 17 years. So when I talk about, and this is a longer story than that, but we don't have that kind of time. But the point I'm making is when I talk about the fact that I was broke and broken, and the one thing that shifted me was all the stuff we're talking about here, getting clear on my lane, stop running in everybody else's lane, stop trying to do stuff like everybody else. And I got clear on me. I went from 13,000 to over 200,000. So when I want to tell that story, the person that I'm meant to work with goes, ooh, I need her because that's my story. I'm not telling somebody else's story, even though I tell other people's stories too, but the goal is that you let people see you, the good and the bad. I remember my husband once said, when are you going to stop telling that story? And I'm like, well, are you embarrassed? I'm not embarrassed that I used to make 13000 But the reason I'm committed to it is it, it really speaks to why I am passionate about what I do. See, your why connects to the people that need you, their why. And so that's the biggest piece, I believe, is transparency, vulnerability, and allowing yourself to be seen, which is by telling your story. Mm, totally agree. I love that. Um, so many golden nuggets in that, but I know we, we can't get, we can't unpack it all. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's brilliant though. Um, so I do want to go a little bit deeper into like the making money part. Because mm-hmm. really, if you're going to bankroll your brilliance, the money's yep. got to follow. So what's yep. one of your favorite things you teach your clients right now? to make money while they sleep. Yes. So first, you know, I always um, tell my clients to profit means to gain. So when you are making money, you are, and this is not going to be good English, but roll with me. You're gaining for other people, right? So what that means is when I am working with my clients, they're gaining. They're gaining in understanding how to start their business and how to serve their clients. So then when their clients gain, I also gain, right? So I'm talking about profit. It's not just about money. I want to shift everyone from looking at selling to serving because when you serve more people, you should make more money because then you can serve more people, right? Mm. So one of the things that I absolutely love to work with my clients on is, as you said, making money while you sleep. So what happens is, and this is why I only made $13,000 y'all for 17 years is because I had a daytime job, right? So, because I had to eat. (laughs) So I couldn't work one job and and expect that $13,000 to pay my bills or else I would have been homeless. Let me keep it real. So because I had a daytime job, there's only so many hours in a day that I could give to my business, which already caps off how much money I could make. So if I can look at how I can package my brilliance in ways that I do not need to be present, not to make money, y'all. Now, of course, I want to make money, but I need you to get this is to be able to serve more people. So if I give you a concrete example, I had the pleasure of coaching Dr. Deborah Tillman, America's super nanny. And when she came to me, she had the opposite issue that I did. She was making money. She's speaking all over the country. She has people don't know she has a childcare center. She is coaching families. But the one thing she was clear on is that there's some families that can't afford me and I have a waiting list. How can I serve more people? So it's what I call creating a methodology, a blueprint. So from that, you create all the additional ways you can serve more people and make more money. Hmm. Yep. So that is where the gold is. Yep. Being able to teach and monetize your, your superpower, I call it, you're calling yeah. it your brilliance and, and be able to do it without having to work an hour to produce that revenue. Yes. And then when you have a methodology, when, when you get a phone call, like when I got a call from McDonald's, I didn't have to go, oh, well, let me write something. I know that I have a six step process. If you don't fit in that methodology, I'm not coming to work with you mm-hmm. because then it's not a good fit, period. So mm-hmm. if I hear, oh, well, you're stuck in step three. Number one, that also tells them I have more than what I'm going to give you. Hand, hand, I'll get another contract. But I also don't have to figure out what I'm going to teach. I already know my methodology. 
So it just makes it easier for you all the way around. So you stop working so hard and you work smarter. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a follow-up question on this because you just talked about saying no to potential clients if they don't re- resonate with one of the steps in your methodology. Mm-hmm. What, what did you have to know inside of yourself to have the courage to turn great clients away? So, you know, all money's not good money. So what I mean by that is there was a time in my business, can I tell you the truth, that I hated coaching. And it was because I was, remember y'all, I told you I was on the struggle bus and I was making 13000 So I was taking anybody that came. Oh, you need this. Oh, I could do that. And there's a difference between could and should, right? <laughs> so I remember coaching people and I hated it. And it's only because I was doing stuff that was out of alignment with who I be. So listen, that was a complete sentence. And you don't have to explain yourself, but you got to be clear. That also applies to dating. <laughs> I can go on and on, right? So you've got to be clear on who is a good fit for you. And because I'm clear now, I absolutely love coaching again. I know when it's a good fit. And then I refer. I don't, I try not to leave people dangling, but when I know I'm, it's not me, I have to be willing to say no, because then it opens up the space for someone to come that is a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to focus on that for a minute because I think so many people are afraid to say no yeah. to money that could be there because they think they should say yes to clients just to keep the cash flow coming in, but then they resent their business. And what I'm hearing in what you said is that having that courage created space for even better clients to come through. Yes. And even with that, and we go back to marketing, you know, a confused mind does not buy. So if I'm trying to talk to everyone, no one hears what they need from me. The more I can specifically say, hey, I know that I work with highly skilled professionals to create multiple streams of income alongside their nine to five, period. I know that that's my ideal client. If I'm trying to serve like I used when my business was on the struggle bus, y'all learned a lot of business, a lot of lessons, I should say, while I was struggling. I used to say I work with women from 17 to 70. Okay, wait a minute. What's a 70 year old got to do with a 70 year old? But I was scared I was limiting my business, but I'm not. The more clear you are, the more people will hear clearly that you are their answer. Love it. Okay, where's the mic that I can drop? We have another mic drop moment here. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And I really appreciate you bringing that in because this is a game changer. And this is when you go from good to amazing. This is what amplifies you. It's having the courage to know who you serve and like find another place to, to send and, and, uh, be willing to repel. So, yeah. I'm so and then I also that. say, stop being greedy and thinking that you have to serve everybody. Let other people mm. serve people too. <laughs> oh, that was good. Love that. Great gem there. Okay. So Nicole, I know you have a resource. You've got so many books, but is there one in particular that you could share with our audience today? Sure. So I have a book called Bankroll Your Brands Book. It's an ebook. It walks you through 15 ways you can profit from your gift. Now, listen, I love when people challenge me and tell me that I can't help you, baby. I can help anybody. So you have to be willing to take your intellectual property. So I remember a lawyer said that to me and I was like, girl. So I said, well, what kind of law do you practice? And she said, oh, I'm a family practice law. I said, okay, I need more specifics. What's the majority of what people come to you for? She said, divorce. I said, how many people do you turn away? Because they can't afford your billable hours. She goes, ooh, a lot. Within the next 30 minutes, I created four streams of income that had nothing to do, had everything to do with pieces of divorce, but because she can't give legal advice if if she's not present, she was blown away. 
So there are all kinds of ways that you can take your intellectual property to really help someone's life or business or career move forward. And so in that book, I show you 15 ways. And of course, I talk about visibility. I call it visibility instead of marketing. And I talk about be the authority. And so all kind of yummy stuff that help you really get in alignment to grow your business mm. and, and or start it. <laughs> and where do we find the book? Bankroll Your Brilliance Book dot com. Ooh, that's an easy one to remember. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't that easy? <laughs> okay. Well, this is the time in our conversation. I like to take things into the standard questions I ask every guest, but it's kind of a fun way for us to get to know you in a little bit different way. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear your answer to this one. What is the boldest thing you ever had to do to achieve the success you have today? <laughs> okay. So when I got hired to work on Steve Harvey's team, he did not know that I worked in comedy. Okay. And so I remember, and it was a full circle moment for me. It was like all, you know, there's a Bible verse that says all things work together for the good. I feel like, oh my God, all the things I've been through are in this moment. And he was getting ready to go on stage. This is when he had his, um, uh, act like a success uh, series out. And he was teaching people how to start businesses and, and he had to tell a story. And this was the first time he was talking about living in a car out loud. And he was a little nervous. And I looked at him and I said, and I had not said a word to him before that moment where I used to work. I said, with all due respect, Mr. Harvey, I worked on Def Comedy Jam. And he looked at me like, and, and because he, he was nervous. I'm like, why is he calling me? Because he's nervous. Well, I had worked through all the content with he and his team. And so in that moment, I said to him, listen, I, I didn't know how he was going to receive this, but I was like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to walk out just because I was scared. Let me just be honest. I said, you know how to find the funny. I need you to trust your gift and find the breakthrough. And I walked out and I was like, either I'm going to be fired (laughs) or he's going to be like, yes. And he was so excited. He was like, oh my God, oh my God, that's it. That's it. So I just had to have the courage to trust myself in that moment to say what I was feeling in my spirit and my soul to really help him do what he already knew to do. That's a very bold moment for a lot of people to take the risk of saying something that may not work to your favor. And that's such a great example. Thanks for sharing that. All right. What's one thing you wish you would have done sooner? um, Hire a coach. Took me 17 years. Let me tell you, you can either put cash equity or sweat equity in your business. I kept putting sweat equity in, meaning I kept saying, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work on all day Saturday. I'm going to work four hours on Sunday. And I kept putting the same thing in, same thing in, just more of the same thing, expecting a different result. Uh, Isn't that the definition of insanity in the dictionary? So it wasn't until I actually put in cash equity that I began to actually see. And that's where my business went from 13,000 to 200,000. So I wish I didn't wait so long to hire a coach the first time. (laughs) Because the return on investment is significant. So great. Hire the right coach. Yes. Yes. And sometimes it is a little bit of, of, there's some fear that we have to move past and we have to trust that when we make an investment Mm -hmm. and we do the work, it pays off. It's like I had to learn how to risk it all to gain it all. Listen, when I hired my coach, I told you I was making 13000 I didn't have 30000 sitting in some savings account. I was paying my student loans from college still. I was like, how do I pay this? I was shaking when I pulled up my credit card. I'm like, please let the deposit go through. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I said to myself, I am committing myself to myself that I'm going to pay it every month. And I paid that credit card off within six months because I had generated the revenue. I didn't know that I was going to do that. I just had to trust myself in that moment and really risk it all. But when you listen to people like Jeff Bezos and starting in his garage, Amazon, and we can go on and on. They, anybody you admire greatly has had to risk it all. Even Oprah, who obviously I love her because I've said her name three times already. But when she left her TV show, she knew her TV yeah. show 
that was easy for her. When she started her network, do you remember how bad it did the first year? Yep. It was like the lowest, it was the top, the lowest five, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. bombed. She had spent millions of dollars. She could have quit. But what she did was she hired a coach. She called a, a network that was doing well and asked one of the heads of another network to help her. And look at own it now. It's doing great. So yeah, you have to risk it all to gain it all. That's right. You do. I'm so glad you said that. All right. As you're listening in, I want you to do two things. First of all, I want you to run over to Google and go to bankrollyourbrilliancebook.com and get this book. If you already know your brilliance, you got to amplify it. If you don't know your brilliance, you're going to need to go through and find your brilliance. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited for everybody that's going to jump on this book (laughs) and learn how to, to, and you're going to want to listen to this episode at least three or four more times because there were so many beautiful nuggets inside. And you are going to hear a new one every time you listen to it. And if, mm-hmm. and if you love this episode as much as I love this episode, <laughs> would you share it? Yes. Share Nicole with your friends, put it on your social media, give it a little love, give it a rating and review. I want everybody to hear this amazing gift that Nicole has to share with the world and you can help us amplify that. So, and here's the thing with the amplify. Thank you for that. Because here's the thing. It's not about likes. Y'all heard me talk about this earlier. I don't care if I get extra likes or, you know, what I want is to serve all the people that need me. And there might be somebody in your tribe that you don't know that's been struggling to figure out how to get started or how to grow their business. And just a gym of this, whether it's me or Melanie, it might be either one of us, they might hear. So when you share it, you bless someone that you don't even know is looking for something like this. So thank Mm. you for that. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Nicole, thank you so much for bringing your brilliance to the podcast today. I know we're going to have so many people in our community who are going to rave about this. You are amazing. (laughs) You're a gift to the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today. You are a gift as well. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 